Jason Wilson, in his best-selling book, Cry Like a Man, Emancipation from Emotional Incarceration, said that every boy needs a crew, every man needs camaraderie and a safe space to not only express his emotions, but also release them, venting his cares to someone who cares. In an effort to create a space where brothers could connect in a no-judgment zone and just share, the You Good Bro God idea was birthed. You Good Bro is the nation's number one gathering for black men to become the best versions of themselves through a monthly convening of like-minded brothers who fellowship in a private, safe space for transparency, vulnerability, and liberation. Here, we embrace the realities of being black men while strategizing on how to be better examples of what healthy manhood is. With emphasis on men, especially black men, and our inability to communicate, cope, and cultivate relationships in a healthy manner, the You Good Bro podcast is created. Powered by Anchor and sponsored by the main initiative, the goal of the number one podcast in the world is to keep You Good Bro the household name it has become, liberating brothers from across the country. Let's keep the conversation going, brothers. Peace. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> we we live we knew it was live stuff so, uh, but we here anyway. Um, got Stephen McGee. What's up, fellas? Peace, uh, peace. Jasmine Spain, the CBO founder of the Main Initiative, president, you uh, go. founder of You Good Bro for sure. You gotta let the people know who you are, man. Man of many hats, uh, Kenneth Jordan, uh, owner of Therapeutic Interactions Counseling Services, and. CEO of Godsend Productions. Bet. So we had, uh, as you had the, the live UGB session, um, the virtual one this past weekend, right? For sure, for sure. What were we talking about? We're talking about the Bad GOAT, side. right? Yeah, becoming the GOAT, man. Um, ultimately, man, what it, what it boiled down to was, you know, kind of doing some reflection, reflecting rather, and, um, about, you know, going on to this topic of the whole man being holistically the best man we can be. Mm-hmm. And so it was around the same time of um, the Lakers winning their championship and, you know, the debate that was coming up about, you know, whether it was Mike, Kobe or LeBron, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you know, you just kind of engage in that dialogue and then it kind of veers over to the conversation about who's the, the best uh, MC ever you know our normal normal routine barbershop talk or when you're getting with the fellas and so uh trying to put two and two together the thought of the goat with being the best man we could be you know um it 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 was a it was it was a moment where you you sat back and you said well when you think about athletes and they start talking about who's the best they start talking about their body of work you know whether it could be talking about numbers um and that includes stats championships um, the way that they made people around them better, um, whether they went, how did they respond when they failed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you start talking about musicians, you start talking about their discography, or you start talking about their catalog, you know, um, the number of awards that they've won, how many records they've sold. And so, you know, taking those examples and taking a look at men and what it would take for us to be the best men we could be, um, you know, being able to identify our strengths but also being able to take a look at areas that, uh, that we need improvement in and doing whatever it takes, you know, especially doing a, a self-reflection and, you know, holding, holding one another accountable in this area, just like, well, what does it take to be the GOAT? What does it take to be the best men we could be? So, you know, we broke it down from the physical aspect to the financial, to the spiritual, to the emotional and mental aspect of it, your finances, et cetera. So, Brothers dove deep into that on on Saturday morning. So talk about what 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 does it take to be the goat? Well, I mean, essentially it was a, being able to to self assess. You know, taking a look at you know, okay, my body of work is that I'm able to um, let's just let's just take uh, fatherhood. You know, I'm a great father to my children. I set a great example. Um, I'm present because uh, that was one of the things that did come up is that there are a lot of fathers who are present but are not present. Um, not present. Yeah. And so um, taking a look at fatherhood, is that an area where, you know, my example is of quality or is it of quantity? You know, am I spending time at the house? And if me just spending time is one thing, 
am I actually engaged at the house? You right. know, you um, talked about um, marriage and being a good husband. You know, um, being that that one for your spouse. You know, are you are you are you just excelling in all areas of life, but you're neglecting your your your, your wife? You know, um, are you loving her? Are you helping to cultivate that relationship? Um, and and one of the big aspects of the self-assessment was just being in tune to who you are as a man. Um, are you in tune with the creator? Are you in tune with the the God, the Christ, the, you know, whoever it is, whomever you, you consider your supreme being, you know, um, being able to connect with him to kind of get that direction as to what it takes to be a good man, you know? So, I mean, it was, it was just, I mean, the, the conversation was just so vast and so, and a lot of areas complex as well, you know, but ultimately what it came down to was being able to self-assess, address those issues that, you know, that need to be addressed and also to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the key pieces that came out, we had a, a college student on as well. So, um, you know, really a lot of stock and value in um, hearing their voice because their voice matters. Um, because we, 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 we could, we do a lot of, a lot about saying what they need without asking them what they need, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes a lot of their needs get um, get thrown to the wayside all because of, you know, us wanting to be the dominant voice in the room. And if that's gonna be our future, then we need to be paid pay quite a bit of attention to their voice because they have a they have a voice and they have a strong voice um, in this whole in this whole game. So Ken, what's what's it what's it take to be the goat now? As a man, as a husband, all of that. And you already know where I'm going to lead into. The biggest thing going to be that emotional intelligence. I carry that around everywhere, right? But um, no, seriously, like, man, like he said, he said a lot of the key words, but being aware, aware of how things make you feel, aware of how you make other people feel, and just being able to take hits and keep going. Um, like he said, when you talk about the GOAT, you hear that conversation with musicians, athletes, um, and the one thing that you can see in all of their makeup. So they take different paths, but they all take hits, and they learn how to absorb those hits, learn from them, and keep going. So that's the, the biggest thing. True. So for me, um, I think one of the – and y'all have touched on it, but the, the biggest thing with, with being the GOAT, regardless of what right we're talking about, is consistency like there's a bunch of there's there's people who have won in their sport or, or whatever they've won a championship here and there or they've had a really good season here or there but you can't be in the goat conversation until you're doing it consistently and at a high level consistently and so when we're talking about being a man whether being a husband being a father uh, being a mentor all of those things like the, the biggest thing is being consistent like Jazz, you talked about being present and actually being engaged. You got to do that consistently, um, and that's tough, um, especially if you are more of an introvert. Um, it, it's tough to to always want to engage when you're in your thoughts. Um, I'm just speaking for myself. Like I, I'm I'm in my thoughts a lot. You know what I mean? And so I I got two young boys running around, five year old, two year old. I got my wife. And um, I have to actively like make myself be present sometimes because I can I can drift off real quick just in my thoughts, not you know what I mean, not intentional, not trying to ignore or be rude or whatever, but I just get in my thoughts. And 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 the crazy part about that is is that those thoughts are always surrounding how to put us in a better position. It's not like I'm just daydreaming about random stuff. Like my thoughts are all geared around how can I take us to the next level. Um, and so it's like, so catch 22, like you in your thoughts to do that, but at the same time, you missing the point of being present. And so again, just, just being a goat in that, in that respect, you, you have to be consistent. You got to learn to balance that, um, that being in your thoughts and, 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 and yeah in your peace, that inner peace, but also being able to use your energy and be engaged with your family. Um, on all levels so like today i took christian he, he's into the, all this ninja stuff and flips and all of that kind of stuff if y'all saw the video i posted on the beach he, he did his backflip but he's all self-taught man he watches videos and stuff like that but then he just 
goes at it for hours and he just locks in. And so um, I wanted to do a pre-COVID, but um, the the place we looked into, they're, they're following protocol and stuff like that. So anyway, we did a father-son, like a, um, a family um, Taekwondo class today just to see how it would go. And so he, he loved it. Um, the guy there, the ma- master Lee, um, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was chill out, chill out. <laughs> he was, he, <laughs> All I could see is Dragonfly Jones. <laughs> so, so anyway, like after it's over, like even during the, the session, he, he kept talking to Christian, like, man, you're really good or whatever. And you can tell when somebody gassing, but this ain't the first time we've heard about Christian being really athletic or whatever. So afterwards he was talking, he was like, man, he was like, I don't know that I've ever seen a five-year-old be this advanced, like that can actually focus like that. And, and that's that athletic. And he brought up that he had trained um, Justin Hardy from ECU um, and how he, he was just really, really athletic. And he was like, he reminds me kind of like just how he has that natural ability. And so I was like, well, Christian, show him, show him your flip or whatever. So, mind you, I live with this kid. I see him flipping all of this, right? He does, in place, no run, nothing. He does a no-hand backflip. He gets so high up the grain. Like, he, he flipped too much. Like he, like, he went past his landing point to, like, that's how, it's crazy. Anyway, wow. so, his old Put buddy, him on the podcast. Let him do it right now for the people. <laughs> right now. Old buddy's eyes lit up. He was like, what? And so then he did another, he did a back handspring or whatever with ease. And he's like, yeah, he was like, I'd love to have him here. So me and him will go do, I don't want to just take him. Like, I want to be involved with that with him um, just because I have an interest in it too. But I just want to be able to do that with him together so he knows that I'm there and I'm invested in something that he wants to do. You know what I mean? So, again, that consistency. Um and, and, and that takes a lot. Y'all know me. Y'all know I, I keep a lot of stuff going on. So to carve out that time, um, that's me trying to be the GOAT <laughs> in terms of a father, just trying to be there, be consistent, be involved and lock in with him and let him know that I'm there. And I'm more than just I, – I can walk it versus just talking. Mm. All right, so I'm trying to look for my notes. Um, I got them in the drive. But uh, I do have a question, Justin, and this wasn't wasn't anything that really came to light on Saturday, but the impact of, um, you know, your your efforts to be the GOAT, how much of that is is sprung off of your experiences with your father? Uh, For me, it's it's, it, and and I mean this in the most respectful way or the best way I can put it, but for me, it's, it's me trying to be the GOAT because I didn't have that GOAT, you know what I mean, in terms of a father there early in my life. Now, me and my father have a good relationship now. Shout out to dad. But (laughs) um, growing up, just because of – and it's a lot of different things, and and, and I'll never – and I'm not going to blame him for what happened just because – there's a lot of different things that happened in that situation that I'm still finding out today as to why he wasn't there. Um, you know, it's a, it was, it's a lot. And if y'all listen to other episodes and y'all have heard some, some about that, but, um, but my, so my motivation is to be what I didn't have or be what I didn't see in my home, um, for my kids. So that's why I'm trying to be the goat, um, in terms of being a father and a husband. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Me, he's the he's the benchmark in all ways. Like, um, so in terms of his drive, just to make sure that we had, you know, I mean, mom and dad was married for years until he passed in 2010. He made sure that she was straight. Man, I listen to how she talks about him as a husband. So I try to reach that mark, and then um, just being able to provide for the whole family. Um, led as he should have led spiritually, uh, financially, worked hard. He was a janitor his whole life, but he always went to work and came home tired. I could see it. You could see it in his face. He'd lay on the couch, get up, go do it again. At one point, he was working two jobs and um, 
did what he had to do. So I always take that. I, I admire how he always worked at the, um, like I said, he was a janitor. So he always worked at the schools in the area. He worked a couple of different schools, but just listening to all the, the people of my generation and how they praised him. They was like, man, he was my guy. Like a lot of cats that would get in trouble before the principal would pull him to the office, he'll grab him to the side. Like, nah, I got him this time. Give him a pass or just pull him to the side and kind of give him that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to cats, mad cats would come up to me and be like, yo, your, your dad kept me from getting sent away or getting dispelled. Like he was just that figure without being purposely that figure. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he just was that guy. Like he just drew towards that. But then on top of that, like his other things that, you know what I mean? He helps me to kind of shoot for a certain point too. So financially, we didn't have a lot. You know what I'm saying? He did what he could and he did a good job of teaching me and my sister to appreciate it. But then when I got older and learned about financial literacy, literacy, it helped me to look back and say, okay, these are the parts where it probably would have been better for him. You know what I'm saying? If he was able to know and, and, and reach this knowledge or this level of knowledge. So I go out and I seek that. And like, I literally go every day with like this vibe of, I got to carry on the legacy. So like he gave me the baton, he set the bar and I got to go and double up on that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So. That's what's up. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Don't ask a question and then don't. <laughs> no, no. I was sitting here, man, just pondering, man. Just, you know, my situation is kind of similar to what you were mentioning, you know, um, you know, trying to, you know, I'm, I, although I'm not a father, I know that um, as serving as a mentor and, 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 and in some ways having, I've, I've had a student or two tell me that, you know, I've been like a father to them. And I'm pretty sure, like, Ken, listen to what you're saying, that your your pops was a father to a lot of cats who didn't have their father around, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure just the roles that the three of us play, that that is the same, that is the same deal. Um, but for myself, man, um, I saw, you know, more so what not to do than what to do, you know? Um, whenever that time comes and, you know, I get that blessing, you know, I know, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to see something and say, you're not going to do it versus being in a, uh, having the same experience, being in the experience itself. You know what I mean? How many times we say what we won't do until we get put into the moment. Um, because even at times, you know, even conversations, you know, that we've had before, even like one of the first sessions that we ever did with you good bro about a year ago was on the uh, fatherhood and the cycle of fatherlessness. And one of the things that came up in the conversation was like, yo, um, when you talk to your pops, like you said, when you saying that, you know, there's still some things that's coming out, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself like, well, at that time, I can't speak for your pops, but I'll use mine. Mm-hmm. At the age of 22, 23, was my pops ready to have a kid and get married? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially he come off of playing college ball. You know what comes with playing college ball, the attention, X, Y, Z. Um, he had moved back home in Virginia Beach. My mother came with him, a, you know what I mean? A, a quiet church woman from rural northeastern North Carolina, hadn't seen and been in, this, in the city environment ever in her life, let alone be amongst or be around somebody like the stature of my pops who had that kind of attention back home and then after playing ball, going back. My, my, and, and when you sit there, you look at that attention, the, you know, and I'm, not, and I'm not saying that to give them a pass, but when you think about the decisions that you make that are so serious at that age, you know what I mean? Are you really prepared for it? Now, there are some who stick around, but then there are some who run away. And my pops did that. My pops ran away and he came out. It was just like, yo, man, I I wasn't ready for that. You know what I'm saying? And he straight up told me, he was like, yo, and I didn't love your mother. You know what I mean? I didn't love your mother. You know, the reason my mother and father got married was because my mother got pregnant with me. You know what I'm saying? And so his, his parents being... Um, strong Christians, my my grandparents on my mother's side the same way. They're like, ain't no way in the world that I was gonna come in the world without, you know what I'm saying, without them being married. So that's how that situation went down. But just going back to the conversation about the experience, you know, and being in a situation where, you know, don't, to not say what you won't do. But I will say that those are some things that I, I just said I would, there's a lot that I learned about what, about what not to do. And so it makes me try to be on my guard to try to um, be much more attentive um, because of that situation. That's where I learned how to be 
know, I became more in tune with my emotions at that time, mm-hmm. at a very young age, at a very, very young age, because of that experience. Um, and so, you know, my, my experience is, is, is pretty, it's kind of, it's, it's similar to a lot of young brothers, you know what I mean? Um, so. Yeah, it's crazy you say that about um, your pops and, and almost like if it, more so understanding how he came to, to do some of the things that he did. But at, at the same time, for me, it's almost like I am of him, you know what I mean? So it's almost like a, a fear that if if that if he could do that, then what makes me any better that I couldn't possibly fall victim to the same thing if it was some of that same stuff. Right. Um, and so it, it reminded me of a song by a little brother. I don't know if y'all are familiar, y'all are familiar anyway. But uh, yeah. Fonte, um, it's, the song is called All For You. It's one of my favorite from Little Brother. Um, but he was like, pretty much apple don't fall from, fall far from the tree. Um, and then, like, the last line he said was, um, so, Pop, how could I blame you because you couldn't maintain? I did the same thing, the same thing. And so, to me, it's, it's that that's what I got from what you were saying. It's almost like um, I understand why now, um, looking back on it, why, he, why the situation happened the way it did or at least somewhat to get a better perspective of it. And so now, like, again, my, my goal of trying to be the GOAT for my family is because I don't want to do the same thing. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't even want to come close to, to doing that, regardless of having an understanding of how it could have happened and how it played out. I don't ever want to be in that same position where I, where I got to say what, what Tigolo said, like, how can I blame you because you couldn't maintain I did the same thing. I did the same right. thing. You know what I mean? And again, you say all day, I ain't never gonna do that. That ain't never gonna happen to me. I'll never be that. And then life got away. <laughs> yeah. 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 Here I am. Yo, it's it's um kind of going back to the EI, you know, you know what that did to you emotionally and mentally. That experience that you had because of your father's decision making. Mm-hmm. that's the same exact thing that you know i pro- sit there and i process it's like you know you sit there and you say you know you don't want to do those things because it not only affects you it, how it affected you you don't want that same effect to go on and be passed down to your kids you know what i mean um one of the things i even get at with um even conversations with with my with my actually with my pops actually is um about loans you know what i mean about school loans so so my pops got this idea that because of my role that i make so much money this 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 certain amount of money you know what i'm saying so he's his, his thought is i got so much in the bank that i can make whatever kind of moves i want right mm-hmm. and he doesn't fail to remember he's you know what i mean that i got these school loans i still have to pay on those you know what i mean now I don't have like this crazy number that I pay a month like a lot of people do. But I was I say all that to say, I had to say to that brother, like, look, I still have this obligation that I have to pay. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, Well, why you gotta pay that? I said, Well, because if I broke it all the way down, <laughs> then let's put it this way. You and my mother got married, y'all had me. When I was seven, you bounced. Boom. So we went from my father's in the military. So we went from um, I wouldn't even say, I would say middle class, maybe, I guess. I don't know for the first seven years of my life to being no, they split. We're going back to Gaston with my mother, staying in a in uh, three bedroom house, 10 women. I'm the only boy going back to grandma's house. All the relationships there with women are because of broken relationships, et cetera. All right. Boom. I'm living there. So if you know anything about Northeastern North Carolina, especially in the state of North Carolina, it's the poorest area or the poorest part of the state. All right. And because of that, you know what I mean, um, unemployment is pretty high, et cetera. Well, guess what? My mother only makes $27,000 a year, all right? So because of that, when it's time for me to go to college, guess what? Um, after financial aid, somebody got to take out some loans, you know what I mean? And my mother was really was very intent about, I'm not taking out no loans for you to go to school. You're going to have to do this, all right? So I take out the loans, do what I have to do, go through undergrad, go through grad school. Well, when I broke it down to him, I said, because of your decision of what you did, this is how it has affected me like long term. So you from a sort of from a selfish decision that you made 
at that time. You know what I mean? This is these are the effects of it. You know what I mean? And so, just just in that kind of from that frame of mind of just like yo, me making the decision I make is not necessarily it, it's not about me. It it has a trickle effect, a domino effect. You know what I mean? That's right. So, yeah. But oh, that's strong. For sure. For sure. So we, we talk they don't like they don't like that kind of heat, boy. Oh that's no. strong. They don't like that kind of heat. No, because you know for him to say that he didn't even he didn't think about it like that. It's no way he went that deep into that rabbit hole to to break it down like that. So when you hit him, he's like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well <laughs> ain't nobody tell you to take out them loans, well Negro if you know <laughs> we live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so we we talking about the goat. So now we we talking about it from a different perspective. But if we're gonna have a conversation and title about the goat, then we gotta talk about sports. So who's your who's your basketball goat? Well, that's Mike. That's See, Mike. Great, I like Mike. And and it's crazy because Kobe, my favorite athlete of all time ever. Like, but it's because of his philosophy. But when it comes to just the game of basketball, nothing else, and we're talking basketball, it's Mike. And it's, it's, I mean, you can debate the numbers. You can debate stats. You can debate titles. You can debate athleticism, all that. You know what I mean? But the eye test is crazy. Like, the eye test is crazy, man. I feel like it ain't but a few people that had a chance to see all of them. And even though I was young, like, you can still go back and see the foot. Man, the eye chest is crazy. Like, what Mike did around what he was around, mm-hmm. man, ain't nobody did that. Ain't nobody, man, mm-mm. And Kobe, my guy, LeBron a monster, but. So, so the eye test you're talking about, like, what What are you, like? Man, the, like, just watching, you ever had that? I don't know. I got this thing, man, where I mess around and, and water will well up in my eyes if I see a moment that's too good sports-wise. If I'm in a moment or see a moment that's too good sports-wise, man, you could watch Mike transcend a game in a matter of three possessions mm-hmm. just strictly off of just his energy. And when I say that, I don't mean like just offensive in him scoring. I don't mean, man, it's everything. It's the motions. It's the the facial expression. It's the, I mean, you can see it. He got that killer in him. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen nobody change the vibe of a game and it just come alive, man. And it's almost like the momentum in the opposition goes down and then his team just spark. And these, man, people be trying to act like Chicago is just full of all-star. These are some average people, man. Like, they average people outside of Pip and Rodman when he get there. You got a Horace Grand or something like that that's like a heavy role player. But, man, these boys spark, and they look amazing because he just can uh, busy. And I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and I digress. That man took it and ran with it. My bad. You, yo. <laughs> Mike, okay, who, who's your who's black cat? Oh, I'm up next. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I'm I'm a I'm one of them dudes that's I have to I have to we break it down. Oh yeah, well you already oh, know. Into into the Facebook world, I hate Mike. Um, <laughs> I hate I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am a New York unapologetically a New York Knicks fan from the '90s, baby. Um, I have always loved the Knicks. I've always loved the style of play, all of that. And because, but because of that man, Mike, that's how we, that, that he's the reason why we didn't get the rings that we were supposed to get out the East. You know what I'm saying? So even without, but, uh, y'all would have won, y'all would have won championship? Oh yeah, multiple. With a smoke, with a smoke, Utah, Seattle. Um, we might, I don't know we would beat the Lakers that first quarter. I don't know Magic was on the back end. Um, but yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, we got at least two, at least two. Um, but no, I, I have to, I have to process it, man, from a from a deeper angle, man. Um, because it's it's very difficult. So, so if you ask me who 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 the goat is, I got to go based off of what I've seen. Like people talk about, I just we just use Mike for example. Like I'm born in '81. That I didn't begin watching basketball to actually know what I was watching until I probably turned about 12. 
the first time I actually watched basketball and, you know, knew it was a basketball game and seeing somebody win a championship was when the bad boys went back to back. I remember watching those games. I remember watching those series. But to actually, I mean, y'all play ball, but y'all don't just play ball. Y'all know the game of basketball. So it wasn't until I turned about 12 or 13 since until I started to know the game of basketball, nowhere near to the degree I know it now. But if, if I use that, then I can't say that uh, I can't say that Mike is the GOAT based on what I've seen and understood totally. So if you got those people who that's that's our age right now who say Wilt, Bill Russell, um, Magic. All of them, you can, they can say that, but all I've seen is videos of those games. Unless, unless like when COVID set when COVID set in and they played each and every game that was ever broadcasted on TV, you know what I'm saying in basketball. I've never seen, I never saw Magic in his prime. Mm-hmm. I never saw Wilt in his prime. I saw, I've seen YouTube clips. I've heard, uh, I've read some articles. You know what I'm saying, but I ain't never see them like that. So when I say I sit down and talk about the goat. Until this man LeBron is done, I have to say Kobe because I saw Kobe from Lower Marion all the way until his last game when he put up 60. You know what I'm saying? So I have to I have to say that it had to going back to the same, but the same characteristics and the same attributes that you talked about, Ken, is how I looked at Kobe. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's exactly how I looked at Kobe. Exactly how I looked at Kobe. So I, I'd have to say. I have to say the Bing, you know. I have to say the Bing. So until LeBron is done, until LeBron is done. But and I got to throw this in there. When you say when people say the goat, also there's this other component of the whole body of work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I ain't talking about outside of basketball because a lot of people like to throw in this whole social justice, all this stuff right. LeBron going on. Right. Right. I think LeBron got some some narcissism going on in there on the low low, but I leave that alone. Um, but when you when you create a game, and I and I heard somebody talking about this the other day, and it made so much sense. Y'all played two K before, even if you still if you don't play it right now. When you create a player, you want to be able to have somebody that's ninety nine in each and every category. And if you were to be able to do that, who would you be essentially creating? LeBron. You would be creating Bron. You right, know what I'm right. saying? Right. So when you think about the greatest, especially if we're talking about being the best men that we can be or being the great, like you have to, you, you can't, you can't deny all of the other areas of, of a game, of a right. man's game. Like if you, and if we went off numbers historically right now, all time. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, Crazy. it's off the charts. It's what are you like number three score? What is, what is he? Like, like number three. Three scoring right three now because he had eight assists or something like that. He's like, like, he right. topped. He, he that's topped crazy. crazy. Stats. Um, but so, so I, 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 both of y'all making good points. Um, so it, to me, it gets down like Jay, you got to where the point I was going to try and make is, is when you talk about being a goat, you're talking about being the overall goat, right? So when you're talking about your, you building your player. Who, who who's gonna give you the highest rating and rebounding, assists, steals, but you know what I mean, all those things. And, and I'm not taking away anything from either one of the Jordan or Kobe. Um, I, and 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 this is a this is a never ending argument. You can't really right. you're never gonna be able to have a consensus on it for one because different eras, different too many different moving parts. Um, right. But if you're talking about by no Jordan's the 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 greatest athlete scorer like of all time to me and, and Will you you can argue Will but I I don't I don't even put Will in that conversation just because he was a giant among babies he was he was you know what I mean like it it was just different but just like all around like best score if you got to put the ball in somebody's hand in the game. You want Jordan or Kobe. Like, to me, they, they, they're right there. You know what I mean? But in terms of just the best all-around player, I think it has to be LeBron. When, when you're looking at what everything, it has to be LeBron. And I think one of the biggest things with Jordan is that nobody – that, like, Jordan's career was only 10 years long. They look at the the years he went – of course, he, he won six championships. He never lost in – you know what I mean? We, we understand that, but – there were years before that that he did not get the job done that other people won on his watch 
Um, you know what I mean? You, you can't ignore that and you're talking about a complete legacy. Um, but um, I don't know, man. I, and, and I don't even like to get caught up in this argument, but for the sake of what we're talking about, we have to. Right. And so when I think about being the GOAT as a man, as a father, as a husband, and you break it down and you're looking at all the different stats that make up a, a player, it's got to be LeBron. If I'm modeling who I'm trying to be the GOAT of or the GOAT after in terms of and translating that to my personal life with, like I said, husband, father, son, mentor, employer, employee, all of that, it's got to be LeBron because he covers every area very well, not just average, but very, very well. Um, and so when we're talking about GOAT, like GOAT talk, like that's who I'm looking at in terms of who I'm trying to be like when you translate it to being a man um, and a father, husband, all of that. Um, like he covers all the bases, I think. And and the biggest thing with that is you can never say that LeBron is selfish as a, as a basketball player. And regardless of how you feel about what a, a star player is supposed to do, LeBron is going to make the right basketball play. You know, it is, it, you know, you make a good point because uh, when you, when you, when you start to equate that kind of stuff, um, you're talking about like LeBron and, and who he is. And, and then you taking a look at yourself and being the, the, the goat essentially holistically as a man prior to LeBron, you know, people try to say that they kind of make a comparison between him and Scott. It's just being an all around player. Right, right. I don't know if y'all, y'all remember Grant Hill though. Absolutely. Yeah, Grant Hill. Before Grant Hill got hurt, yeah. Before Grant Hill, he, he was he was the real deal. So I, I use that for an example because we start talking about leadership. And that was one of the things that was consistently brought up in the conversation was just like being a leader in your home. Um, especially when you start talking about marriage, you know, like, like and a woman wants to be with someone who can lead. Well, you start taking a look at what does leadership look like? So if you take a Michael Jordan, who was very, very um, intense, um, very, very aggressive, very into mind games, etc. And you start taking that, you know, taking a look at from a leadership aspect, there are some who feel like that that the boastful, brash, uh, loud brother is the leader, is a leader, you know what I'm saying? So then if you take, you know, and so I was, what I'm trying to get as is breaking it down, you start talking about Grand Hill, Grand Hill, real mild manner, you know what I'm right. saying? Not overly aggressive, um, you know, puts in the, but, but puts in the work. You see the proof in the pudding. He don't have to say nothing. You right. know what I mean? He didn't have to say a word. So you start talking about being the GOAT. Um, there are some challenges out there when it starts talking about, well, I mean, he's not a leader because he's not out in the forefront. He's not the brashful guy. He's not the aggressive, the, the loud tone that people want to hear when they hear leader. You know what I'm saying? And so, and I guess the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, we start talking about being the GOAT. The GOAT is your standard or society standard? Uh-huh. You know, what is a real man to society? And that was one of the questions I asked. From society standpoint, what is being a real man or being a holistic man um, or being the GOAT versus being, you know, society versus your standard your family standard you know what right. i mean that, so so you, that that brings me to my point about what i was saying like and, and with lebron like regardless of the critics regardless of what everybody's going to say about him what society thinks lebron is always going to make the right basketball play and so in regard regardless of who gets the shine and so like for instance in uh what was it, it was a game 5 in the finals where he passed it to danny green Game five, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody yeah. wanted LeBron to take that shot. It would, it would, even if he missed it, it was no pressure because it wasn't like the series was on the line or nothing like that. And and honestly, I would, it, I would have loved to see him take the shot just so people wouldn't be going in on him uh, as much. But he made the right play. He made the right play, and so he didn't care whether he got the shot or not. So for me, when I'm thinking about being the GOAT as a father and, and for my family, I want to always be able to make the right play for my family, mm-hmm. regardless of who gets the shine. So if that means me having to step back and my wife step up or, you know what I mean, I gotta, we got to go get help or, or 
or you know what I mean? I got to bring somebody in to reach my, my son in a way that I can't with, the, with karate or basketball or whatever. I want to always be able to make the right play, regardless yeah. of what society or the critics or anybody else is going to say and be okay with it. And that's the thing that has impressed me with LeBron. It don't matter what y'all say, he going to make the right play and he going to live with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, man. You know, you, you know, you, you were going to a, to a place where I was, I was, I was going in my mind as you were talking, because when he, when he did, he's, and he's done that multiple times. I don't know if y'all remember back yeah. when he, like in his first few years and he had went to the conference semifinals or the finals conference finals against Detroit, mm-hmm. they were getting on him uh, for uh, kicking it to the corner to Danielle Marshall to shoot the three when he should have, they quote unquote said he should have shot the ball. Mm-hmm. So using your same example, as far as being a husband, you know, it's, it's interesting because LeBron made the right play because for one, he passed it to an open man, but he also passed it to someone who's repertoire exactly is a proven three point shooter. All right. So that was an ultimate play. So it's almost like when you talk about being a husband, you sit there and you think like, well, you know, I got a decision. We got a decision that needs to be made. But you know what? I'm going to lean on my wife for this one because my wife has more expertise in this area. She's much more knowledgeable. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that that's very that's very critical. However, but when you start going back to the conversation about LeBron not taking the last shot. It's the same conversation that brothers have all the time. I'm not letting my wife make this decision. I'm making these decisions. You know what I'm saying? In some cases, brothers make some decisions where we should have deferred. You know what I'm saying? Right. So making the right play. I'm with that. And in that argument anyway, just back to hoops, um, I think, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure LeBron has made more game-winning or clutch shots than anybody else, including MJ and and Bean. You know what I mean? Uh, Man, I don't know. We gotta do. We, we gotta, gotta look. We gotta look that we one up, right? Kid, we gotta look that one up. I'm telling you, I'm not just saying know. that. Like, now, taking them, taking them, or made them, taking them, or made them, making. We gotta oh, fact wow. check that. A better percentage. I wish. Look, I wish don't somebody could drop look, it. A better percentage. Somebody could drop it in the live yeah. pool. Yeah. Go ahead and fact check that thing so we could really get into it. As soon as he said it, somebody was on it. I bet you. But yeah. Fact check me on that, but I'm but I'm pretty sure. And and so, yeah, like I said, that's the one thing I've always respected about Brian. He make he's gonna make the best basketball play. Um, and then another thing with LeBron is he knows who he needs on his team. He knows how to maximize his strengths and then help maximize other people's strengths and put them in the right place. Like as a as a father. As a, you know what I mean? Like I want, like that's what I'm striving for. Like I, that is in the goat criteria for goat father, <laughs> goat husband. Like you gotta know what your strengths are, where your your deficiencies are, who to put in place to help bridge the gap, so you can win win that chip. Like that, LeBron did that. He he does that. He also changed the the league. Like he empowers other people. He 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 put the power back in the player's hands to show them the blueprint on how to get their bread, secure the bag and do it on your own. You ain't got to, re- you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. We talking about goat. We talking about, and, and again, you can argue it on sports, but I'm talking about that trend that, that translating from goat on the court to who I'm wanting to be as a father, a husband, as a man. Like, I don't, I don't think you can argue any of that. I'll say this, yeah, like, uh, just... I, I got, I got, I got... Oh, go ahead. No, I got, I got the answer. Go ahead. You said you got the answer? I got the answer. <laughs> no, I will say, I will say, man, when it comes to all three of those goats, because like you said, it's, it's hard to, to make the argument and, and pick one. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can argue all day, but what I notice is I feel like they all fit their time frame perfectly. You know what I'm saying? Because when you go back to, like, the 90s era, like, no disrespect to LeBron, but you're going to get the argument about, yeah, he was too soft on the players. He needed to get in them a little bit more. Well, when you're catching them flying elbows and them body slams at the cup, you may need a Jordan to make sure that you're tough enough mentally to be able to get there. And then, of course, Kobe is kind of like the, uh-oh. <laughs> Kobe is kind of like the blend in between the two. And that's just me 
that's just me trying to, I mean, just make it general. You know what I'm saying? Because you know we can go all day. Absolutely. You can argue it a bunch of different ways. And so my argument for that is people say, well, LeBron wouldn't have made it in that area. He wasn't tough enough, blah, blah, blah. But had LeBron, as LeBron, grown up in that era, he would have had no choice but to play that type of ball. No, and that's facts. And then, of course, if Jordan – Averaging 30 points in the playoffs played in this era, he'll average 45. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, all that numbers talk that we're talking about, I think LeBron, it'll kind of come down. I believe Jordan will be number one in scoring. Jordan will be number one in scoring, and he, it don't matter where you put him. He's going to yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's beautiful because at the end of the day, <clears throat> all of them depict just determination. Absolutely. And, and, and the ability to adapt. You talk about LeBron and teaching the players how to secure the bag. And I think about the behind the scenes stuff, the exposure, mm-hmm. the the being around, having the right people around you, being around, being exposed to the right people, having the right training regimen, all of those type of things that when it comes to a man being a man and going up, we know you have to have. And if you don't have it, then regardless of how, how hard you push, you're going to run into a wall. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that part, like, and, and, and I think they're a, great attest- they're a great testament to that. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jay. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Uh, That's all he wanted to say. They yeah, hell, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, so, 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 no, so, so, so Mike, Mike got nine. Kobe got eight. LeBron got seven. But, yo. Seven game, same get seven game winning clutch shots. Oh, he got you. Ooh, but 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 he tied. He, and he's tied with Paul Pierce. No, I don't know. He, 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 I'm not talking about. So so the game winning. You talking about like the last shot won the game? No time. Yeah, you, yeah, you talking about clutch time? Like like, 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 like to the clinch. last four minutes of a yeah. game. Game clinching. Oh, the, that's Kobe. That came up, Kobe. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did too. That came up Kobe. But you know who was tied with uh with Kobe for eight game winning clutch shots? Who? Oh, boy, that boy Joe Johnson. Oh. That that, I, boy, yeah. that boy Joe Johnson. He about yeah. that. Yeah. He's he's about that. So Joe. So so let me ask you, though, but, you know, we, we 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 haven't going into this conversation, and y'all talking about all of these different uh characteristics and these intangibles, man. What about the discipline, though? You know what I'm saying? What about the discipline? You know, the discipline, and you mentioned the determination. Well, you know, what is it about the preparation as well? The discipline and the preparation, because, I mean, them going out there to hoop was the easy part. You know what I'm saying? But the work that you put in to get there, you know, it's like I always say, like, uh, the great players, you know, are made in the Mm offseason. So, you know, you start talking about the discipline, the preparation. You're talking about the training regimen, Ken. What about how LeBron makes so much money, but he puts so much money into taking care of his body? You right. know what I'm saying? Whereas with us as men, you know, do we take care of our spirit like we're supposed to? Do we take care of our bodies? You know what I mean? Do we do we watch what we consume, not just food, but yeah. you know, with society, what we watch, what we listen to? You know what I mean? Because what comes in is eventually going to come out. So. That's, you know, and that, and that's what I'm coming with. You know, like, what do you, what are your, your thoughts on that, man? I, I, that's, that's real. And I mean, LeBron is a robot, man. 17 season, he ain't never had no major injury or nothing like that. Last year with a groin injury was the most we've ever seen him like not play. You know what I mean? Not be. That, he that seemed man was on a trash team. That man was on a trash team, and he had to figure out a way to get bailed out of that. Yeah, he. Yeah. That's hey, that, 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 that's another component we gonna go. Hey, look, we go, and then that's another place we gonna come back to. Uh oh, that's another uh, part of the conversation. The <laughs> there you go. But anyway, out of all these years, he's been you. It, you cannot argue he's been the most durable player that there is, and that right. goes to his level of discipline with the nutrition part of it. Um, and just being able to balance everything. Like, the man is involved in everything with his family. Um, he's doing stuff outside of basketball. He eats right. He works out. Like, when he, he, he dropped that weight, um, what was it, two seasons ago, he started – he dropped all that weight, leaned out. 
Um, he works on the different aspects of his game where he's developed a better jump shot, things like that. And and you, Kobe did it. Jordan did it. Like, Jordan wasn't even shooting threes like that. Like, he was inside the art type deal and developed that aspect of his game later on. So the discipline and, and you know, you, you're talking about Kobe, mama mentality. That's all that is. Yeah. Determination, perseverance, discipline. Um, and, and what's amazing about those things is that they translate to any area of your life and any other venture that you're going to do. Like if you got the mindset and discipline, um, you can do anything. And they proved that. They proved that. Um, that's the reason. That's the reason why Kobe is my favorite athlete yeah, yeah. ever. Because, and, and, and it hurt me. Like I know we talked about this on a previous episode, but it hurt me to my soul when I heard that that man died. Because I was so ready to see him translate. I had never seen an athlete come out of the game, take what you saw them do in the game, and just translate it into life. Man, the stuff he was doing and how he was just taking that thing. And he was about to tear the world up with the children's books, with um, detail, with, man, with so much he was, he was getting into production and movies and think, man, and you could see it. He was about to. He was really he about to change the WNBA. Right. The words out of my mouth. He was about to take that to the next level. Like he was going. He was leading that charge, bro. Like, and it, and it was like, uh, it was like he was just hungry, like yeah. just eating, eating. Where can I go next? Where can I go next? He, you saw a drive from a man that was saying, "I can't sit still." Correct. And and we all aspire to be that. You know what I'm saying? But most of the time, it's just in one area. And that cat was about to eat the whole map up. Yeah. And this is, I mean, God makes no mistakes. So uh, I think even that little inspiration, that little bit of inspiration he was able to give post-basketball was was for us, you know what I'm saying? But, man, man, I was just imagining where it was going to go. It's, it's hard for me not to say we got wrong, bro. I, I, ain't, I mean, I, I get it. It's hard, like, yeah, it did something to me for sure. Um, yeah. Just and, and again, it's beyond basketball. It's just because of the the person that he was, um, you know, like what we knew that he was, what he was already doing, and what he was about to do. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard for me not to feel like we 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 got robbed from from greatness, man, on, yeah. on many different levels. But yeah, that's uh, wow. It's I, I cried for two days. Yeah, no, I, I cried I was, for two days. I was in the car. I don't even, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's but 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 staying on on that and and God bless the dead man with this. We're talking about um, using him for an example though, um, you know resiliency, and we all know what happened out in Colorado. You know what I'm saying? You know and everything how that went. Yeah, allegedly correct. Um, and how do you you know as a man you know there are going to be moments. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're not going to, you know, we're all going to fail. You know what I'm saying? It's inevitable. But the, the, the question is, how do you how do you respond to that? Mm-hmm. How do you respond to to a decision that you made that just wasn't favorable? And I'm not talking about something that where you made a decision and just didn't go the way that you expected it, but a situation that you may have made a you made a poor jet but poor judgment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that you know one of the things about being a goat is being able to be resilient. You know what I mean? How does the King quote say, you know, you, but not about um, judging a man based off of, you know, his accolades or et cetera, but how he responds in times of controversy mm-hmm. and uh, and stuff like that, man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, when you start taking a look at, if you want to, if you wanted to look at careers, especially after, as an athlete and their ability to be resilient, the man was going through the trial, catching the flight, coming back, Playing games, and I think this was during the playoffs or something like that, scorching it too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so, and just, and that's when he's, and actually, I think that was when he did the number switch. He went from eight to 24, got the tattoo, you know what I'm saying? Transition from eight to 24, and then won his titles after that. Yeah. You know? So, what do y'all think about resiliency just from being the GOAT? It's necessary. It's, 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 it's a requirement. You got to check that off your list if, if you're going to do that. Like, the goat ain't about being great in the sense that you don't fail. It's again, it's how you how do you respond in the face of adversity um, when you get hit with that wall, when you get hit with the 
get knocked out by the bad boys back to back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to come back? Um, and so, like I said, it's, it's, it's definitely a requirement if you're talking about going. And so as a, like just me again, as a father, as a husband, I fa- I failed, I've failed several times with things, you know what I mean? And, and I'll continue to, but I'm not going to fail the same way again. Um, right. I, I'm taking what I, I'm learning from these, these, these L's, um, and moving forward to, to make it better moving forward. And so, again, that's, that's one of the, another reason why I appreciate my queen, why I appreciate Tanisha, because she, she going to keep a, she going to keep a thumb on me. She going, she going to let me know when I'm wrong. She going to let me know when I fail, but she's also going to be there to help pick the pieces up and help me learn from it and move forward as much as it gets on my nerves. I need it. You know what I mean? I know I do. Um, and so she's going to do that. And, and again, Knowing, knowing, know your personnel. That's part of being a goat. Know your personnel. Yeah, so I know, sure. you know what I mean. I know mine, and I, and I'm and I'm rocking with it forever. Ain't no turning back. So, what about you, Ken? Uh, how, how do you bounce back from Nick Anderson ripping you in the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? Since, since Mike, since Mike, your man, you let right, Nick right. Anderson rip you in the playoffs. <laughs> Boy, crazy. No, man. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> determination definitely but i think it it, it speaks i gotta to come it. back to this too oh, i'm sorry i gotta interrupt you for a second <laughs> so we talk about mike winning six going six and oh in the chips what about them seasons mike ain't even make it to the chips that's what i was so, saying no, like, yeah. <laughs> talk about those last 10 bruh see, this is this is my thing this is my he thing so the first round multiple times that's fact. <laughs> that's fact this is my thing so it's hard because they paint this picture of what it's supposed to be. They put a heavy burden on LeBron. They wanted him to win first year out. Outside of rookie season, you got to win. You got to win. They, they And I'm sitting here like, yo, that's crazy. Like, you can't put that weight. You got to let them develop. You can't put that weight on them. Because, like you said, Kobe, you know, he airballing over in Utah, you know what I mean, out the gate. Like, yeah. you got to give him time to develop to his point. So, I don't do that with LeBron. Come on now, bro. No, 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 I'm going back. I'm about to go back. I don't do that with LeBron like, oh, he didn't get here and he didn't get here. I waited till he hit his stride. And I used to tell Cash that. They used to be ready to give him the crown. I'm like, now nah, you can't give him the crown. You got to wait. But when he hit his stride, I, I judge it off of that. And I ain't mad at him for going and clicking up and doing it however he do it or however he wow. did it. Mike did it too. Mike did it too. Nah, nah. nah. And this is the thing. I don't, I don't blame him for none of that or whatever because at the time that was the climate. Number one, two, it was an option he had. Three, I'm just here to see greatness. However, if you hit, what, 90 and get three, leave and come back and get three more with no break in between, that's crazy. But, 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 but you got to – finals in a row is crazy too. Yeah. Uh, now, we start talking about super t- – no, well, let me let you go ahead and finish your point just about the resiliency, too. My bad. I didn't well, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of resiliency, man, I, I really I really dig into the belief part of it, you know, like because um, I'm a spiritual person. You know what I mean? Anybody that knows me knows that. But lately I've been just trying to go higher in God and higher in my spiritual walk. And I'm understanding belief at a different level. I'm seeing things, man, manifest out of my mind that I've never seen before. Uh, if you follow me, you know my story, man. Anxiety all through my, my life, like anxiety all through my childhood, man, just t- timid, reserved, very reserved. And um, I was able to be exposed to some people that made me look at things a little bit differently. And then I went back to school and learned some stuff about human behavior and found the switch. And I found out that it was all in my mind. You know what I'm saying? I found out that the situations themselves didn't mean anything. It was just how I responded to the situation. So when I look at resiliency, like it points back to that. It points back to what was poured into you at an early age and your ability to take that and adjust it. So for people that aren't as resilient, they grab onto those things that poured into them the negative you know what i'm saying like unless you can get them to mold them and adjust them and get them in a better place which is our jobs as mentors and leaders but like for people that are resilient like it's something in them man they got that dog and that belief that this ain't supposed to happen to me like that was a mistake as opposed to the destiny you know what i'm saying so like the only difference between resilient people and non-resilient people is what you really believe is supposed to happen to you like okay this is a hiccup i'm supposed to be there 
So I'm supposed to get that chip. I'm supposed to hoist that trophy. Like that's mine because I didn't did all this work, which the evidence is there if you really look at it. But if you don't have that mindset, it's going to be, oh, nah, this is just showing me who I am because you're just showing me myself. But ain't no such thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you always evolve. But mm -hmm. I digress. Nah, you good. It's good points. Yeah, no doubt. So, and, and so going back to the conversation, so <laughs> you brought up the point about LeBron coming in and and having to, to show us up. It's no player in the history of the game that has had more pressure on their on their shoulder and had to live up to an expectation than LeBron. It's no player that ever comes close to that. Right. And so again, man, for him to be able to to play at a high level all the time, to to never let that keep him from reaching his goals. Come on, man. You cannot knock that. It's crazy. It's crazy. The man came straight out of high school. He was raised by a single mother. And nobody, like, come on, man. It's crazy. Come it's crazy. on, dude. It's crazy. That's got to make a difference somewhere. It, it has to. It, it does. What's the difference between you and LeBron, then? You were raised in a single parent home. He's 6'8". down the road. I mean, down the corner. I, 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 I'm, I'm convinced that. I'm convinced that the best player in the world is on is on the street corner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They just never made it. You know Definitely. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I look at it like this. Like, don't get me wrong. I respect all three of them brothers, and I will take nothing away from what they they got. But like you said, with LeBron. He he did his job. He was handed the throne as soon as he stepped on. With Kobe, AI was supposed to be, mm -hmm. but I think he, because he was 6'1", you know what I mean? And then he didn't have the image. But Kobe, at one point, it was like, this is our guy. With the Kobe and Shaq split, you can see it. Like, this is our guy. This is the lead, the face of the lead. We know Jordan was handed that panel. Once he got over the hump, they handed him the whole league. He's still the league, man. I mean, it's crazy. You can't do nothing. Jordan could shut down the season probably for a day if he wanted to, if he if he really pushed. You know what I'm saying? Everything like, you do gets – everything anybody does gets compared to something he did. Right. Like, literally, I remember <laughs> I remember seeing the NBA on NBC come on, and they would announce Jordan and his Bulls take on the Orlando Magic. Like, yeah. it was Jordan TV. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I say that to say, like, the street corner guy is definitely somebody out there. You know what I mean? And it would be, it would take him getting the right people around because they protect their people. You know what I mean? They put the right people with him. Of course, he could probably bring his people in. And then they just push him to the top. Yeah. Because when LeBron leave, they're going right. for another face. They're doing it with Harden and, and Giannis when they created that fake beef between them, but I don't know if they're going to get that guy out of there with those two. Yeah. No. no. Um, but and another reason I don't even like having this conversation about the GOAT is because, like, you can compare Jordan and LeBron. I mean, excuse me, Jordan and Kobe. Because right. they are the same player. They play right. the same. Like, Kobe's game is modeled after Jordan. LeBron right. is not like any of them. His game is not not their game. Like, they're not even the same type of player. So, right. I hate that argument, like, like you were talking about comparing them to Scottie Pippen, like of course the greatness level is different, but style of play, that kind of thing, that's a that's a better fit than than Jordan. Not the greatest, but it, it is it is a better fit in terms of just style of play type deal. But right. that's I, that's that's one of the main reasons I even hate this argument because you can't. That's one of the, you can't compare them because they're not the same type of player. Difficult to compare greatness. Yeah. Very you right. can't argue greatness on any of those on any of those guys. It's just right. the type of, of player they are. But anyway, I digress, man. I think we're about to wrap it up. But um Yeah, this is this was a this is a good topic, man. And just like the dichotomy between sports and real life and and, and just how things translate. Um, and how greatness is greatness regardless of what platform or or, or what um what area it's in, greatness is greatness. And and that's the thing about being a GOAT is that if you can be, excuse me, if you can be the GOAT in this, then the, the foundation of what it takes to be a GOAT translates to anything and everything. Yeah. Well, I think right. that's where we're going to leave it, fellas. All right. Salute, Salute to all the, all the men out there that, um,
that seek and strive to be great in their own household, for their families, for their communities, and uh, and for themselves as well. So. And so that's it. Um, we'll be um, we'll be doing more lives, man. We'll, we need to do it a little bit earlier now. I guess it is a school night. I need to be sleep myself. I got to get up in the morning. But anyway, um, be on the lookout, y'all. We'll, um, this episode will be uploaded to the podcast, um, to the different streaming platforms. So be on the lookout. This video will be up on Facebook as well. So um, thank God for what he's doing and just give me clarity. But we're going to be in touch. You're going to hear from me this week. I'm, I'm here, bro. All right. All right, man. All right. Peace, family. The UGB team, Stephen McGee, Kendall Joyner, Jasmine Spain, we just want to thank you for your support thus far, whether it be you just listening, whether it be financial support, whether it be you sharing our posts, whatever the case may be. Our goal is to reach and impact as many people as possible, but specifically men and men of color. Everything we do on this podcast and our face-to-face meetings is geared toward empowering men to be better, be better fathers, be better husbands, be better sons. And so with your support, we plan to increase our outreach. We plan to take our face-to-face meetings on the road and be able to expand the reach of our podcast and our face-to-face meetings globally. Any support you give is much appreciated. If you want, if you feel led to leap to contribute financially, there's a link in every description of the episode that you can click that will allow you to contribute financially, especially if you're listening on the Anchor platform. UGB and the main initiative is a 501c3 organization, so all your uh, contributions can be tax deductible. Again, we appreciate your support, and anything you you do contribute will go towards furthering the mission of UGB and the main initiative. Let's keep the conversation going. Peace. Mm-hmm.